Glory to God. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Edgar Alvarez, and I have the amazing privilege and honor, along with my wife, to pastor this amazing, amazing church. And when I say church, I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people. The people here are amazing. Hallelujah. You are the church. Amen. I'm super blessed today because I got family in the house all the way from Strong Island. Amen. And so I'm blessed to have them with us. It's nothing like family, let me tell you. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, without further ado, I'm going to get into the word because I know you got plans. I know you got stuff to do today. And I don't want to keep you too long. For those of you who know me, you're already thinking, hmm. We've heard that before. But I... But I want to submit to you, I, I finish faster when you talk back to me. So if you talk back to me, I promise, it just lets me know you're getting it and I can move on. But if you're not talking back to me, then I'm wondering if you're getting it and then I got to just elaborate some more. Amen. So if you cooperate, I promise, I will be done in no time. Amen. You ready to get into the Word of God on today? All right. Open your Bibles if you have it, your iPad. Your phone, it's the only time we'll tell you to pop that phone open in church. If you have a Bible app, that is. Pop it open to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 12. We're going to begin reading there. I'm going to read about six or seven verses. And then we're just going to go right into the word. Amen. If you have it, shout amen like you're ready. If you're not there yet, say, wait, pastor. All right, it seems like we're there. Okay, let's go. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse number 12. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says this so. But if it, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that if he raised Christ from the dead, but, if he, but he did not raise him, in fact, the dead are not raised. Let me read that one more time. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And so I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, very simple, the difference maker. The difference maker. The apostle Paul in this text is letting us know that something makes 
all of the difference. And that something is the resurrection. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, add blessing to your word right now. Minister to your people in a powerful way. I hide behind the cross now. Use these lips of clay. Make me the pen of a ready writer and write on the hearts of your people a right now word on time and in season. Do not let anybody leave this place the same way they came in. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. The difference maker, the game changer, the governing factor, the decisive point, the determinant, and the radical turn. I want to take you on a little journey. I promise it's not going to be a long journey, just a small journey. I call this journey the journey from thinking to knowing. The journey from thinking to knowing. There is a difference between thinking and knowing. Watch this. Thinking requires effort. Knowing offers and provides rest. Thinking requires effort. Knowing provides and offers rest. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Very simple. Two plus two equals four. I don't have to think up that equation in my head. Maybe when I was five. But right now, I know two plus two equals four. Let me give you another silly illustration. Uh, on my block, trash day is on Friday. You ask me when it's trash day, I don't need to think about that. I know that trash day is on Friday. Amen? Uh, if you ask me right now, how long does it take to get from here to Strong Island? I'll tell you, it takes at least two and a half hours, no traffic. Maybe a little more. I don't have to really think that through because I've taken the drive enough times. I know that's how long it is. Because I know I don't have to work it up in my mind, my mind can rest on what I know. See, oftentimes what happens with people, hallelujah, is they, they think too much and don't know enough. I said we think too much and do not know enough. And because of that, we rarely offer our minds some time to rest. And so watch this. There are some people who think that Jesus is the Messiah. And then there are some people who know that Jesus is the Messiah. And one thing and one thing alone makes the difference. Amen, somebody. So we're going to take a journey through the life of an individual who starts out thinking that he's the Messiah. But at some point, a change takes place. And he goes from thinking to knowing. And his whole life is altered. And I'm talking about a man named Peter. How many of you are familiar with Peter? And so I want to begin the story where the story actually begins. When Jesus meets Peter 
and calls Peter for the first time. Now, I'm not going to put the scriptures on the screen for the sake of time, but I'm going to give it to you for those who like to jot them down and perhaps read them later. The story actually begins in Luke chapter 5 and verses 4 through 6, where the Bible says that Peter and some of his friends have gone out fishing. They have toiled all night and they haven't caught anything. Amen. And so now they've pretty much given up. They're on the shore and they're washing their nets. When they're washing their nets, that pretty much means the day is done. And uh, we didn't have a good day because we didn't catch any fish. But here comes Jesus. And Jesus shows up and he tells Peter, let me borrow your boat for a moment. And Peter, you know, he could have said no, but he said, okay, you can borrow my boat. And he pushes off the shore and he uses the water as an amphitheater so that he can project his voice and he preaches to the multitude. After having preached to the multitude, he comes back and tells Peter, Peter, launch out into the deep for a catch. Now, Peter says, and he doesn't say, but I know he's thinking it. He thinks to himself, uh, we're done. Um, you preach, I fish. I'm an expert fisherman. There ain't no fish out there now. Daylight has broken. We were out there all night. In the shallow water, because that's where they usually are. You're telling me to go to the deep where I know they are not. I fish, you preach. Jesus said, launch out into the deep for a catch. And Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down our nets. They let down their nets. You know the story. To their surprise, a huge multitude of fish to the point where the net begins to break they have to call their friends on another boat they come they help them both boats are loaded with fish and both boats are sinking and Peter is blown away and he comes Jesus comes back to the shore and Peter is like don't even come near me I'm a sinner <laughs> Because he's feeling so bad that he almost didn't trust the Lord. Because he's thinking that he's the Messiah. But he doesn't necessarily know it yet. And so I want to start with my first point. I only have three points and I'm going to go quick. Watch this. My first point is simply this. The declaration. The declaration. The declaration begins in Matthew chapter 26 verses 31 through 35. And for those of you who don't know this story, let me paraphrase it and summarize it for you. It is the Last Supper. The last night Jesus eats with his disciples. Watch this. They just finished eating and Jesus gets up and this is what he says. He says, this night all of you are going to fall on account of me. For it is written that they are going to smite the shepherd. And when they smite the shepherd, the sheep are going to scatter. Then he said, but when I am risen, he's preaching about his own resurrection. But when I am risen, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter opens his mouth and he says, Jesus, I just want to serve notice on these other 11. These other 11 jokers might leave you. They're supposed to be his friends. These other 11 might fall, but I will not fall. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, verily I tell you the truth. Tonight, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. I wish somebody would have told Peter 
What part of all did you not understand when Jesus said, all of us were going to fall? But watch this. Even after Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times tonight. In other words, that's how long your commitment is going to last. Not even a whole day. Watch this. Peter gets up again. And Peter says, I am ready to die for you. I will not fail you. That's the declaration. Now, I want to submit to you very quickly that we're not here to put Peter down. Nor are we here to mock Peter at all. We are here to relate to Peter. Because if we were honest in this place, hallelujah, all of us have made declarations that we have not followed through on. All right, now I'm going to need a real church. I'm going to need some real people in the place today. Hear me now. I'm going to ask you a question, two-part question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. Don't raise your hands until I get to the second part of the question. Amen. First service, they picked their hands up after the first part. I said, wait, I said, wait. Amen. Watch this. Have you ever, after a weak moment, come on, we have them, in your life said anything like this? Jesus, I will never do that again. Oh, you guys did real good. Watch this. Here's the second part. But you did it again. Come on, church. Okay, so watch this. We're not sitting here as a bunch of self-righteous people. All of us in here can relate to Peter. All of us in here have missed it, come short, made a mistake, failed at some point or another. We've even denied him and have stumbled, which leads me to my next point, which is the denial. So watch this. Remember the declaration? Now let me talk to you a little bit about the denial. The denial begins in Matthew 26 and verses 69 through 74. A little later towards the end of that same chapter. Jesus, watch this, has been arrested. He's being brought by force to Caiaphas' court, which is the high priest, amen, to be tried and questioned. Peter is following, watch this now, from a distance. Uh, how close are you to Jesus? Watch this. He's following from a distance. And all of a sudden, a young lady comes up to him and says, Hey, wait a minute. You look familiar. Aren't you one of them? Yeah, yeah. You're one of them. And Peter said, You don't know what you're talking about. I know him not. Denial number one. Watch this. A little later... As he's in the courtyard, following from a distance, he's warming his hands by the fire. That's what the Bible says. Somebody else recognizes him and says, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I know you. you one of them, aren't you? And this time, not only does he say, no, you got it wrong. I do not know him. He swears. And he swears with an oath. With an oath. Now, the Bible doesn't specify exactly what oath he uses, but it does say an oath. And just in case you're not familiar with what an oath is, it's, it's like when you, watch this, put your uh, left hand on a Bible and raise your right hand and say, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. That's an oath. 
And so this time, he doesn't just say, I don't know him. He swears by making an oath. Denial number two. A little further down the road, someone else recognizes him and said, yeah, wait a minute. I know you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're with the Galilean. You, you're one of them. He said, no, I'm not. He said, you sound just like him. Because when you've really been with him, you start to walk like him, act like him, and talk like him. And if you've really been with him, people are going to notice. And so they say, yeah, you're one of them. You sound just like him. And you know what he did this time? He said no again. He said, I don't know him. And then the Bible says he cursed and he swore. But not with an oath at this time. This swear is the swear that gets you in trouble. This is the swear that releases foul language. Peter is releasing some stuff from his lips. Now, I know that none of you in here do that. But Peter, under pressure, messed some stuff out of his lips that was quite surprising. After he denied him the third time, immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered what the Lord said. Now let me ask you a question here. How would that make you feel? Come on, how would that make you feel? After you had declared, remember? They'll leave you, but not me. I'll die for you. And when the heat was on, three times. And then the rooster crowed. And watch this now. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I guarantee you it was worse for Peter. Watch this. Because the Bible says that Jesus was in the courtyard when Peter had denied him three times. And he was being moved into Caiaphas' court. And when the rooster crowed, Jesus stopped the procession. And he looked towards Peter. And Peter looked up. And saw Jesus. And they made eye contact. Now let me ask you again. How would that make you feel? Yeah, Amen. And watch this. Now if that's not enough. Let me give you some more details about the story. Because watch this. The Bible allows us to know. That by that point. Jesus had already been beaten. Severely. And so watch this. Mark 15 and 19 says that they put the crown of thorns on his head. They drove that thing into his skull. Watch this. Then they struck him on the head with a reed, continuing to press it down. Are you hearing me? If that wasn't enough, they spat at him, and then they bent the knee and started mocking him with worship, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. Luke 22 and 64 gives us more details and says that they had blindfolded him and they took turns striking him in the face until his face was disfigured and unrecognizable. If that wasn't enough, they plucked the beard from his face. Now, I don't know about you, but that had to hurt. I can't even imagine that. And then they said, prophesy. Who hit you? And so I want you to get the imagery of what I'm trying to say. 
Because when Peter denied him the third time and that rooster crowed and they met eyes, it was the eyes of a bloody, disfigured, beaten man. Now let me ask you again. How would that make you feel? Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? You might be in here. You might say today, you know what, pastor? I hear you, but I haven't denied him with my words. Well, let me ask you another question. Have you denied him with your works? Watch this. Titus 1 and 16 says, they profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him. What have you done? For Jesus. We've all made declarations. Come on church. And we've all denied him. In some way. Some form. We have come short. But I got good news. I got good news. Here's the good news. Failure is an event. Not a destiny. I said failure is an event. Not a destiny. Are you in this place, church? Watch this. Let me put it to you another way. Falling down doesn't make you a failure. Staying down makes you a failure. So watch this. It's not the original failure that ruins you. It's what happens next that determines, hallelujah, whether or not you are a failure. And so I want to submit to somebody in this place and encourage you on today by telling you, watch this, that failure doesn't mean that you've blown everything. It just means that you have some hard lessons that you have had to learn. Watch this. Failure doesn't mean that you are a permanent loser. It just means that you are not as smart as you thought you were. Failure doesn't mean that you have to give up. It just means that you have to allow the Lord to show you what is your next step. Failure does not mean that God has abandoned you. Hallelujah. It just means that God has a better plan than yours. And so you have the declaration. You have the denial. But then something changes. Something shifts. Something happens that alters this man's life. And all of a sudden, he goes from a denier who is timid, hallelujah, trying to blend and hide, hallelujah, to one of the greatest foundational apostles in the history of the church. What happened? And what made the difference that caused a man whose surname was Simon, which means pebble, which also means unstable, go from Simon to Peter, which means rock. Something happened. Something made the difference. Which leads me to my last point on today, which is simply this, the decision. And I want to submit to you that the decision takes place after the resurrection. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Peter, I'm feeling horribly. Just, just in case you didn't know, the Bible says that after he met eyes with Jesus, he left the courtyard, watch this, weeping bitterly. He was feeling horrible. Watch this. And on Resurrection Sunday, the women were the ones 
Do I got any women in the house that praise God? The women went to the tomb. Watch this. And when they got there, the stone was rolled away. And they thought to themselves, somebody took the body. And they asked somebody, where is he? And where did you lay him? And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. Anybody know this story? Uh, dressed in white apparel, hallelujah. And says, he is not here. He is risen. Watch this next statement. He instructs the women. Tell the disciples and Peter. You got to catch me. Tell the disciples and Peter. Just in case you don't know where it is. Mark 16 and 7. Tell the disciples and Peter. Just in case the disciples were thinking, well, you know, Peter messed up really bad. And just in case you thought you messed up really bad. Tell the disciples and Peter. Yeah, Peter's still my boy. Watch this. Which allows me to know, which allows me to know that when Jesus was on the cross dying, he had Peter on his mind. And when he got up on the third day, he had Peter on his mind. Despite the fact that Peter denied him three times. I'm trying to encourage somebody in this place. Now, Peter may have failed him in the upper room. You know the story. He started making declarations. He put his friends down and said, they'll leave you, but I won't leave you. He even went as far as telling Jesus, don't wash my feet. Jesus starts washing feet after supper. And Peter always got to one-up somebody. With his pseudo-spirituality. He tells Jesus, eh, eh, I don't know how they letting you wash their feet. You can't wash my feet. I have to wash your feet. There he go. Trying to be spiritual. And Jesus said, if you don't let me do this, you will have no part with me. And here he come again. In that case, not just my feet, but my head and my arms and my legs. If I'm Jesus, I'm like, man, this guy. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Watch this. But here's the amazing thing. Tell my disciples and Peter. He may have failed. Watch this. In the upper room. But Jesus sent for him. Mm -hmm. He may have failed in Gethsemane. How many of you know when Jesus, they came to get Jesus to arrest him. Peter pulled out a sword or some kind of knife and cut a soldier's ear off. And Jesus said, Peter, put the sword away. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And Peter's like, but they're trying to take you. And he said, it has to be. Like this. But even though he failed in Gethsemane, he sent for him. Even though he failed in the courtyard, when he denied him three times and even lost his English. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean normal English, anyway. Jesus sent for him. If that's not enough, not only did he send for him, he met with him. Now, I like this right here because the Bible lets me know in 1 Corinthians 15, 4 and 5. Watch this. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Peter and then the 12. Woo! Isn't that powerful? I'm going to fix Peter before 
I get together with the rest of the gang. There ain't going to be no public humiliation. Oh, yo. oh, God. You better hear. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus didn't have a religious spirit. Hallelujah. He wasn't trying to get your information so that he can let everybody know that you messed up. He heals him privately. Oh, are you in this place? He wasn't trying to expose him. He was trying to restore him. Mm. So watch this. With wisdom and grace, Christ comes after Peter and doesn't even wait for him to make the first move. Can anybody testify in here? Came looking for me. That's my testimony. He came looking for me when I wasn't even looking for him. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Amen. So watch this. He sent for him. He met with him. If that's not enough, he challenged him. Woo. He challenged him. Now, you have to understand, Peter has seen Christ risen now. So that journey is changing from thinking to knowing. Stay with me now. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he is still discouraged and feeling guilty about what he has done. Have you ever been there? Even when somebody forgives you, sometimes you still feel the guilt of what you have done. And so he makes a decision, and here's his decision. I'm going fishing. John 21. Watch this. Now, when you hear that, you're not thinking much. But remember, when Jesus showed up the first time, Peter was fishing. It was his occupation. Fishing represents his life. When Peter said, I'm going fishing. What he was in essence saying is, I'm going back to do what I used to do before he called me. I'm going back to my old life because this is just getting too hard. Ain't nobody talking back. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to elaborate a little bit. Watch this. This is too hard. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. To walk with Jesus. I didn't know it was going to be this challenging to serve him. I didn't know I was going to mess up this many times. I can't do it. And so I'm going fishing. And then the same crew that was with him the first time when Jesus called them said, we're going with you. This is, this is why leadership can be so dangerous. Because when God has made you a man of influence, what you decide does not just affect you. It affects those whom you influence. And so he says, I'm going back to doing what I used to do. And they said, us too. Are you in this place? Watch this. And they toiled all night, I'm almost done, and caught nothing. That sound familiar? Isn't that how it started? I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. In the beginning, when Jesus met them, they toiled all night and didn't catch anything. And here they are now towards the end. They toiled all night and they have not caught anything. And Jesus is on the shore in a different form. 
This, this is why you have to be careful with religion. Because if we get tied to how Jesus did it before, what will you do if he comes in a different form? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he's dressed in a different form. He looks different. He's in disguise. And he's letting them continue to be frustrated all night. And I said to myself, why? Why would you just let them continue to toil all night? And I want to just submit to you, hallelujah, that oftentimes failure is what's, it's a necessary prerequisite for eventual success. I said failure is a prerequisite for eventual success. Because watch this now. If Jesus doesn't let them fail, remember, he's disguised. They don't know it's Jesus. If he speaks prematurely and tells them, hey, 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 you need to stop doing that. You know what they're going to tell him? Listen, we're expert fishermen. <laughs> we know what we're doing. You do not know what you're talking about. Let us do what we do. So oftentimes what Jesus will do is let you come to the end of yourself. Let you fail trying to do it in your own strength so that you can finally come to grips with understanding that you can only have long lasting success by the power of God. Are you blessed in this place? And so the Lord will allow you to fail on your own strength so that you might learn. So watch this. The first time they told all night, fish caught nothing, but Jesus showed up. And here we are at the end. They're toiling all night, fishing, caught nothing, and Jesus shows up. Coincidence? I think not. And then here comes the challenge. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And all of a sudden, just like the first story, a huge multitude of fish. And so now Peter has a decision. I said Peter has a decision to make. Watch this. He has a boat full of fish. You know what that's called in my opinion? A blessing. That's a blessing. Right? But John the Revelator. The one who, while the disciples were arguing about who was going to sit where and who was going to hold what position, would just lay his head on Jesus' chest and say, speak, Lord, speak. All of a sudden, he caught a flashback on how God provided the first time and said, wait a minute. It's Jesus. And so Peter makes a decision. The blessing Right here, right now, or the blessor who's on the shore. Now, here's what you have to understand. The blessing on the boat is a blessing he would have to prepare. Because in those days, you catch fish, you had to clean the fish. Then you had to cut the fish. Then you had to put salt in the fish because there was no refrigeration. That's how you preserve the fish, through salt. That's why you're called the salt of the earth. I can't preach that right now. Watch this. Hallelujah. I'm staying on my time. It's a blessing he would have to prepare. But you know what he does? He leaves. Jumps off the boat. Doesn't even wait for the boat to get to the shore. Jumps off the boat. 
The boat is a picture of his old life. I wonder if there's anybody in this place today who's ready to jump out of their old life. Listen, gets to the shore. When he gets to the shore, he smells something cooking. Now catch me now. He gets to the shore. There's a fire, burning coals, and fish frying. And Jesus is cooking. Now, while that sounds somewhat humorous, don't catch the power of it. Because here it is. Watch this. You could stay with the blessing, and it would be a blessing you would have to prepare. Or you could leave that for him and come into a prepared blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he got to the shore, the fish were cooked. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. There was no cleaning. There was no cutting. There was no preserving. He came into a prepared blessing. Watch me now. Watch me now. If that's not enough. Then he tells them, bring those fish you caught with you. 153 fish. Because you were willing to leave it for me. Not only do you get me, you get that too. Which means, hallelujah, if you can give it up, you can have it all. I said if you can give it up, you can have it Worship team, come up here. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. The next thing he does, and I close with this, is he reinstates him. Listen to me, church. He reinstates him. They're having a conversation, hear me now, by burning coals. And I don't want to get a little too Greeky or Hebrew on you on a Sunday morning. But let me just submit to you that the same word for fire here in the original language, is only used one other time. And the only time it's used was when Peter was warming his hands by the fire in the courtyard when he denied Jesus three times. So by one fire, he said, I don't know him. By this fire, he said, you know I love you. By one fire, he's denying Jesus, by the next fire, Jesus is restoring Peter. Are you blessed in here, church? I'm landing the plane. Watch this. Here's my question. Why the same miracle? Hear me now, because this is crucial to the text. Why the same miracle? Coincidence? I think not. Jesus rarely did the same thing twice, the same, even when it came to miracles. Why the same exact miracle? Watch this now. To remind Peter or to bring Peter back to the start. This is how it started. And in essence, what he's telling Peter is simply this. Peter, it's okay. Let's start over. Peter. It's okay. You messed up. I was there. I saw what you did. I even heard what you said. But Peter, listen to me. I know you failed in the courtyard. I know you failed in the upper room. I know you failed in Gethsemane. 
but I left your failure on the cross so that you can start again. Peter, let's start again. Peter, do you love me? Watch this. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? That was the test. Because the old Peter would have been like, you know I love you more than these jokers. These jokers right here, they'll fail you, but not me. But this time when Jesus said, do you love me more than these? He's a changed man. Something happened. And now all he says is, yes, I love you. And doesn't say anything about then. Then Jesus asked him again, Peter, do you love me? A second time. He said, Lord, I love you. Then he asked him a third time. One time for every denial. Peter, do you love me? And listen to the new man speak. Jesus, you know all things. See, before it was like, no, I ain't going to deny you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to die for you. Now he ain't doing none of that. Look at the humility in the new man. Jesus, you know all things. You know that I love you. Is Jesus asking him because Jesus don't know? No. In essence, watch this. Peter, I know you love me. I said it to make sure you know you love me. Because you are the one who's dealing with guilt. And you are the one that is still discouraged. And I want you to know, Peter, that you can mess up and still love me. Who am I talking to in here? You can mess up and still love me. And after today, Peter, they, listen, I said we could relate to Peter. There's a lot of Peters in the room. Hear the word of the Lord, Peter. After today, you're not going back to your old life. Listen, listen, listen. And then, and I close with this, the final words of Jesus. Peter, follow me. Now, wait a minute. He said that the first time when he called them. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Remember? Can I submit to you that this follow me is a different follow me than the first follow me? Let me explain. Before the resurrection, Jesus would challenge his disciples. If you're going to come with me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And up until then, they, hear me now, thought that the cross signified death and that the cross led to death. But this follow me was different because it came after the resurrection. And Peter is no longer thinking, but he knows in his understanding that the cross now does not simply mean death but life after death oh, and so the first time he's following from a distance hear me thinking but now he's following closer than he's ever been 
knowing. What made the difference? The resurrection. You want to know how bold he was now? They killed him and he died for the cause of Christ. Let me ask you a question in here. Who would die for a lie? Because if it was a lie, once you put a knife or try to set me on fire, or I'd have been like, okay, I'm playing. It's all a joke. We took him, we buried him somewhere. No, no, no. All the disciples died for the cause of Christ. What made the difference? The resurrection made the difference. Listen, and I'll close with this, I promise. This is John 21. For all of you who like to read your Bible, this is the last chapter of the last book of the Gospels. The next book is Acts 1. And I want to submit to you that from John 21 to Acts 1, there was a shift in the man's life. In Acts 1, when there was only 11, watch this, because Judas took his own life for betraying Jesus. Nobody knew what to do. And Peter got up and said, we need a replacement. It is the will of God for us to find somebody else who's been with Jesus from the onset to replace that other man. Peter had the answer. In chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and he preached his first sermon. And 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter, with boldness, looked at the religious people and said, you killed him. In chapter 3 of the book of Acts, it was Peter who looked at a lame man and said, silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up and started walking. In chapter 4, it was Peter who after they beat him and told him, don't preach in that name anymore. He said, I'd rather believe God and trust God and obey God than hear and obey man. And I'm going to keep preaching that name because there is no other name given under heaven by which man can be saved but the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, it was Peter who when they heard he was coming to town, they took all the sick people, all the lame people, all the blind people and sat them on the edge of the road because they knew this man walked with so much power that if his shadow, just his shadow, he don't even have to touch you. If his shadow, if you got in his shadow, you got healed. What made the difference? The resurrection. Peter is not the hero of this story. It's Jesus. Jesus sent for him. Jesus met with him. Jesus challenged him. Jesus reinstated him. Jesus is the difference maker. 
Jesus getting up on the third day made all the difference. Took a man like Peter from thinking to knowing. And so today, I'm done. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that Jesus is the Messiah? Or do you know? Because if you know, you can rest in that truth. But if you think, your mind just goes and goes and goes. And for all you who have missed it, we don't got to act in cute. It's all of us. Failed him. Denied him. Over perhaps and over and over again made declaration after declaration God if you do this for me I'll do this for you anybody made a vow promise if you get me out of this I'll serve you I'll come to church and then we mess up but all your failures were left on the cross so that you can start again and I don't know who you are and I don't know what you've done but I was sent here this morning to tell you you can start all over today let's I hear Jesus say let's start all over God help me in here let's start all over God help me let's start all over